Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Online. Before you listen to this message, be sure to have the message page open on our website for additional resources that will help you enjoy this message fully. There are three videos and a song that will supplement Pastor Drew's amazing Easter message. We will let you know when to give this audio recording a pause and what to watch. We hope to see you next Sunday at either 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 12.30 p.m. I want you to know that today we have basically kind of two goals um, underway. One is that you and I might understand the Easter story, that we might know the, you know, the, I guess just the various parts of, of God becoming one of us and, and of us crucifying love and love raising again. But even more than just knowing the story, my prayer, our prayer, is that you would understand its significance. Well, not even understand, that you would embrace its significance for your life. And our prayer is that the story of Jesus' life and resurrection would be the center of your story, that the resurrection of Jesus would be the story that you choose to live from for the rest of your life. Easter, it's not about eggs. It's not about bunnies. It's about the suffering of God and our foolish indifference. It's about the agony of salvation and the joy of an undying love. And I just want to, to remind you that Easter means hope and that there is joy ahead. The Easter story, though, it's not a church story, it's a Jesus story. And it is all about one person who uh, was God and revealed God. It is Jesus who, who calls us into his life. And the truth is that the Jesus story will mean nothing to us until it means everything to us. Today, I want to challenge you to make this the centerpiece of your story, and as one evidence of its truth, I want to read to you a prophecy that was given a thousand years before the birth of the Messiah, and all of which was fulfilled in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And from Isaiah 53, written before this event ever happened, may we who are living after this event hear the truth of Jesus over all time. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no majesty or beauty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should be drawn to him or to notice him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and he knew suffering well. He was like one from whom men hid their faces he was despised, and we, we didn't think anything about him. But surely, he took up our infirmities, he carried our sorrows, and we considered him stricken by God on the cross, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. This was written a thousand years before Jesus' death. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds we have been healed. And we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the story that we celebrate this Easter. Hit pause and watch Desi's story part one. A 10 second pause will follow this message.
This story that we celebrate on Easter is a story that, by and large, the world has responded to with a massive yawn and indifference. And the truth is that only a small percentage of people seem to really get the story in a way that they truly live the story. The reality is that we're all out here in life looking for answers, looking for, for life, looking for happiness, uh, chasing happiness at times, and, and sometimes looking in the wrong places, and sometimes, um, you know, breaking ourselves in mistakes, and, and recognizing that there are hooks in many of the things that this world offers, and, and addictions rise, and, and marriages decline, and, and hopes like fires begin to go out in the rain. But the Jesus story, the truth is this Jesus story is the story we're all looking for, even when we're not. Some of you are here today, um, and I just want to, again, thank every one of you for being here. You are awesome. Let's especially, again, just give all of our, our guests a hand. You guys responded amazingly. Our Saturday service was, was amazing and full, and you've, you've done such a job inviting. And some of you may be here today, and, and you're here kind of out of courtesy. You're being kind to the people who ask you. <laughs> but if you were honest, you might say, you know, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm really not that interested. I just want to suggest to you that the truth is, no, no, this is the story you're looking for. This is the story that is behind every other longing, every other search, every other, every other thing that you're after in your life. It's Jesus. In my own story, I did not grow up in church. I, I, um, I grew up, um, I was really being even gracious calling it that, I guess. <laughs> my, my family was dominated by the, the presence of an absent alcoholic. And by the time I was 15, I was just an angry teenager. Um, my dad had communicated to us that, uh, you know, that, that we weren't wanted. He was off, uh, you know, drunk someplace else, out of the house at that time. My mom was not really there. She was working all the time just to, uh, to keep food on the table and the lights on. Uh, my two older brothers, who are now two of my best friends and, and followers of Jesus, but at that time, they were just two more people to fight with in the world. And when they left the house at 14 or so, I was just, you know, I kind of relieved, I guess, because um, it's one less person to fight with. <laughs> but I was alone. And I'm trying to figure out where is life? What, what is there? What, what is the way forward here? Um, and there were people at my school who were followers of Christ, who believed, thank you, and I listened to their story about Jesus, and I thought, honestly, my first thought was, this story is just too good to be true. Any of y'all ever had that response? It's like, this thing is just too good to be true. Can it be real? And, 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 and I realized that there, was, that there was a fork in the road coming up in my life, and there was a part of me that just was completely just wanted to get rid of this Jesus story and just to say, come on, give me a break. You know, this is a joke. This is a, it's a nice religious story, but it's not real. And it's certainly not real life. And it, and it really doesn't have anything to do with, with my life and my way forward. But there was a part of me that was, was, was just 
torn. And, and a part of me wanted to believe this story. And another part of me said, if this story was believable, why are so many people ignoring it? Why are so many people living in such amazing indifference to it? Can it really be true that we are not on this planet by accident, that we were created? Can it really be true that everything is broken because our lifeline to God was disconnected by sin? Can it really be true that God would love enough to enter into all the brokenness, not in a high and mighty way, but in the most surprising, down-to-earth way possible? Can it really be true that, that Jesus was God? And if we killed God on the cross, oh my gosh, what does that say about us? What kind of a heart could, could, could look at God and, and laugh at him, could, could crucify innocence and mock him uh, along the way? And what kind of a, what kind of a, a humanity would, would, would allow God to, to die and then hear the story of a, of a love that, that raised him from the dead and conquered death for all time and then just respond to all of this through the, the centuries with a collective yawn? Oh, Okay. Guys, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart that this resurrection story is the centerpiece of what you're longing for in life. And you may not think you're looking for Jesus, but I believe you are. One of our great evangelists in the last century said this. It may sound shocking to you, but think behind what he's saying. He said, I believe that every man knocking on the door of a brothel is looking for God. What he was saying is that, that everything inside of us that is looking for life, that is looking for connection, that is looking for, for some relief from the pain, that is looking for hope, every longing of the human heart that is not directed to Jesus Christ is just a longing misdirected. It's a longing disconnected. It is a longing unplugged. And if we could take all of the longings and the, the yearning of our life and plug it into Jesus then everything would, would come together. And in my own journey, I, I knew that I would do one of two things with, with Jesus. I knew that I would, either, I would either follow him with all that I could in, in all of my imperfection or that I would, would walk away and, and never listen to anybody else, waste my time with this churchy religious garbage if it's, if it's not true. Today, what's your response to the resurrection story? A yawn? Indifference? My prayer is that this story will become the centerpiece of your story, and we're not here today to give you all the answers. We're here today to invite you on a journey in a relationship with the God who loves you. His name is Jesus. And you and I have to choose to say yes or no to the love of God. Hit pause and watch Desi's story part two. Then listen to the song Laughing With when the video is finished. A 10 second pause will follow this message. And so the invitation this Easter is not to be religious, you know? It really isn't. It's not to be 
Churchy is not to try harder or to have more morals or more rules or more anything in your life other than more of Jesus living inside of you, more of a relationship with, with God that, that is unending, that is everlasting. Because you see, the truth is <clears throat> that if we, if we understand that all of the longing and desire of my life is answered uh, in the gift of Jesus, then there's a, a reconnection made that just makes life right again. Let me just pause for a minute and give you kind of a big picture of the arc of history. This is, this is um, the story we find ourselves in. And it all begins in creation. The truth is that, that love made you valuable in the image of God. And you are valuable because, you know, you were designed by God. You have the color God wanted you to. You have the, the, the gifting that God wanted you to. You, you have the looks that God was pleased with. And, and you are not a mistake. Love made you. And the image of God you bear is something inside of you. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3 that God has set eternity in the hearts of people. You and I know that we are down deep, I believe, beneath all the layers of, of dusty earth. We know that, that we're more than just animals. We know that, 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 that we are connected to, to time in a way that's bigger than just this present. We just have to pay attention and make choices. The Bible tells us that God created us and, and created us in relationship and that we lived in relationship with Him, but that God gave us freedom, freedom of the will, freedom to choose, because you can't love without being free to choose love. You can't make someone love you. If you do, that's, that's ugly and called kidnapping, and, and it doesn't work, and God is beautiful, and He is all about giving you your freedom and the right to choose what you want to do. But how crazy is it that we would use the right to choose the wrong? And that's what we did. And when we did, something called the fall happened. And it's not the time of the year when leaves come down from the trees. Um, the fall is when we ignited insanity into the world by choosing our own will instead of the will of God. And what happened can be compared to starting a fire. Um, I did this once when I was uh, uh, living in England. My parents were stationed at uh, Upper Hayford Air Force Base, and we were living out on the economy. And uh, my mom or dad, I actually don't remember which one, had, had uh, taken the curtains off. They was going to paint behind the, um, the uh, stove, whatever. And I went down uh, in my little second grade way and turned on the, uh, the stove and put some water on it to make tea and then walked away. And then when I came back, um, the kitchen was on fire and there was fire. I'll never forget the fire coming up those, you know, nylon curtains towards the ceiling. And again, this was an old wooden house. Um, you know how I responded at that moment? That's ah, no big deal. I'm going back to bed. I'll blame it on my brother, you know. Oh, oh, okay, business as usual. Anybody want to go for that story? <laughs> no. I, I think I uh, screamed so loud that, uh, that there were seismographs set off um, all over the place. And, and what I did was I called for help. And because this was out of my, my control I, and, and things were getting dangerous very quick. 
And I cried out to my, to my dad who came running down the stairs and, and he was able actually to put the fire out with, with a big coat and with the help of my mom. That's what Jesus has done with the fire that we started in our own lives, in our own living rooms. He is the rescuer. He is the savior. And, and redemption is not some fancy theological word that shouldn't mean anything to you. It means to buy back. It means to turn the situation around and make it right again. It means to, to, to take what is broken and becoming um, deadly to make it whole and full of life. That's what redemption is. It means to, to make good again. And the scripture tells us that that God actually became a human being. And I want us to connect the dots to all of this story and not just connect them theologically in the Bible, but to connect them to the living of our lives here and now. Connect them to being a husband, a wife, a, a son or a daughter, um, a serviceman or woman. Uh, connect it to, to, to being alive. And in redemption, Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. The scripture says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And so God came down and was not born into pomp and glory. He was born in humility in a manger. God is full of surprises. And he surprised us in his birth. And he surprised us in his youth as, as he did not uh, reveal himself as some prodigy and genius, but just quietly went around making furniture and, and learning and listening to his heavenly father. And at the right time, Jesus turned water into wine. He made the deaf to hear, the, the lame to walk, the, the blind to see. He began turning life over and revealing that there was a power that had come to earth that was unlike anything that had ever happened. Let me just pause and remind you, all of this story is either absolutely true or absolute garbage. There is no in-between. All of this story is either, is either ultimate reality or just trash that we shouldn't pay a bit of attention to. But if it's true, we should pay all attention to it. And to know that this redemption of ours, it's everything. This, our response to the redemption is our response to calling for help with the fire in our home or, or just simply sitting down on the couch and waiting to die. That's the difference. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. Scripture says that to as many as call upon his name, Jesus, and believe to them he gave the right to become children of God. God loves each one of us so much that he wants to turn our lives around, to end the insanity of sin and disconnection and to make us alive again. And I, I, I want you to know that that's kind of where we are in the story right now is some of us are just making a decision about whether or not we're going to let redemption come home, <laughs> whether we're going to believe there's a need for redemption, whether we believe we're broken, whether we're going to cry out to Jesus or whether we're going to just yawn and walk away. And, and maybe, I, I just got to say, it's actually worse to be a little religious. It's actually worse to be a little religious and and to pretend than it is to just completely walk away from this whole thing and, 
and just ignore it. In fact, Jesus himself said in Revelation 3, he said, I wish that, that you were hot or cold and, and not lukewarm. As it is, being lukewarm, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. And all of humanity has been given this amazing redemption story. And most of humanity chooses to laugh at it and ignore it. So we're all at some point of decision as to whether we're going to accept or reject the story. Now, some of you are here today and, and, um, and you're new to the story and, and you haven't committed your life to Jesus and, and you know, maybe right now you don't even want to. I just want to thank you again for being here and just say keep an open mind. It's a journey, uh, you know. Um, uh, dare to talk to God. You're not going to lose anything if there is no God. But if, but if there is, then pray some prayer like this. God, reveal yourself to me. Jesus, um, help me know if you're real. Now, I believe you're going to get an answer to that prayer. <laughs> I really do. And so, so, so if that's where you are on the redemption story, bear with me for a moment because I, I want to say something to you in a moment. But just, just understand that, that, that I believe, and ultimately it, for you it's not going to matter what I believe. It's only going to matter what you believe. But I believe that even if you came here today not thinking this story really should matter much to your life, I really believe it is the story that you're looking for in everything you're looking for. Some of you are here today and, and you are really a follower of Jesus, but your life is like falling down. Your life is, is just not working the way you thought it would and you're not real happy with God. Can I, can I just remind you, there's a, a missing part of our gospel that I want to put things into context to help you understand, because interpretation is everything, you know? Uh, if I say fire, it means one thing in the context of a movie theater, it means another thing, you know, um, on, a, on a training line, teaching people how to shoot a gun, it's, you know, so context and interpretation are everything. Our, our gospel doesn't stop with redemption, it stops with the restoration, <laughs> And what that is, is, is that, that there's a rescue and then there's a time when the rescue succeeds. And, and some of you are, are, are frustrated with your journey and wondering why it's so hard and, and you're beginning maybe to have a little bit of doubts and maybe, maybe hell is, is shouting kind of more loudly in your life than you're hearing the whispers of, of, of the redemption story of Jesus' resurrection. And, and you're wondering if, if God really were real, then, then why would life, my life be so hard right now? Think about it. You're being rescued. If you're being rescued, A, something went wrong somewhere, right? <laughs> I've got a little device I, I carry with me when I, when I ride my motorcycle out in the wilderness by myself and in Utah and in other places and, and, and riding up on some edges of some cliffs and things. And if, and if I fall off, I push one button and this button says, he, he done something wrong and he's in trouble. <laughs> and they're going to come get you. When you're being rescued, something has gone dramatically wrong with you and, and there, there, there has to have a process of, of turning things around. So, so Bill, just show the picture there of, you know, imagine the one guy on the bottom. There's two guys there being rescued, you know, one guy being rescued, one guy helping. Imagine the guy on the bottom being mad at the guy, you know, who's like climbing all over him. What are you doing? This isn't comfortable. Can you imagine that guy uh, who was on the ground, wounded and, and, and going to die and bleed out? Can you imagine him on the way up complaining about, you know, the way this is being done? 
Hey, why didn't you land the helicopter? And, and why didn't you put me in a nice soft bed? I want feather pillows on my head. Come on, I don't want all this noise. I don't want this wind in my face. Well, that would be crazy, right? And nobody does that. Because when you're being rescued, you're grateful because you're going to die. And if it's a little bit windy, if it's a little bit noisy, if it's a little bit painful along the way, that's okay. That's a part of the rescue process. And, and you know that this is, just, this is just temporary. Can I remind you, those of you who believe that this, this life on earth is just a temporary thing and that God is rescuing you and that whatever you and I have to go through in the centerpiece of, of, of our lives, it, you know, it's just normal for being rescued from the crazy of sin. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> Don't, don't drop away your passion for the, for the Jesus story. No, 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 no. Thank your Savior. I love it when I hear people, uh, you know, thank those who've, who've, who've rescued them. I mean, it's just amazing because it's just right. The resurrection story, it is the story we're all looking for even when we're not. And, and I want to remind you today that that you have the opportunity, I have the opportunity to make a choice that, that changes everything in, in Jesus. That we can say yes to Jesus. The Bible says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, if anyone will admit their need and acknowledge their sin, if anyone will, will welcome a Savior into their life, the Bible says, I will come in and have fellowship with them and they with me. Guys, I'm telling you, when we listen to the resurrection story and when we let it matter most, all of life changes forever. And wherever you are in your own journey, however hard things are, I, I'm telling you, all you have to do is to call out to Jesus and everything will begin to change. You know, when you dial 911, you're going to get a response. The police or somebody going to show up at your house. And when you call upon Jesus, when you dare to believe that this whole amazing story is actually true, when you choose not to be indifferent to the suffering of God and the passion of Christ, when you choose not to be one of those people who spit in the face of Jesus or who mock him as he's dying on the cross because that's exactly what we're doing when we, we hear this story and we go, eh, whatever. What kind of a heart would mock such innocent suffering? It would have... I, I, But if we say yes, and if we believe, and if we allow Jesus to come and live in us, and then he's going to do in us what he did on the third day. He is going to resurrect our dead lives, redeem them, turn them around, and take us home. And that, my friends, is the great good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hit pause and watch Desi's story part three. A 10 second pause will follow this message. And so the way this happens is 
there, there's a decision made at that point after the creation and after the fall and after we, we encounter the redemption, there is a fork in the road where we make a decision. And we make a decision to whether we're not, we're going to receive Jesus as our, our, our Savior, the one who puts life back together, or whether we're going to reject him. And you can see the difference in Desi's life. She was at a fork in the road, and when she chose to trust Jesus, when the, when the story of his life and his death and his resurrection became the center of her life, her life changed. And it's not about being instantly perfect and, and everything. No, we're still in the rescue, but everything has changed. And there's joy, and there's peace, and there's, there is a passion and a purpose for life that is, that is more than anything we could ever self-create. And we were on our way to restoration instead of ruin. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes will live even though he dies. And he said, whoever lives and believes in me, whoever lives and believes in me, not just in some head knowledge ways, oh yeah, I know Jesus. No, no, no. Whoever lives in my story, whoever lives in my love, in my acceptance, in my worth, in my belief in you, whoever accepts that in a wholehearted way and, and takes it to the depths of who they are and lets it out, whoever lets me be incarnate inside of them, whoever does that, they're never going to die. They're never, ever, ever going to die. They're going to they're have the life that can be found no place, no place else. So guys, I'm just asking in the name of Jesus that if you are a believer, that you would allow the fire of your faith to be stirred up again. Remember that you believe the centerpiece of, of what all reality is, is, is hinged upon. The reality of a love that heals what's broken and forgives all that deals death. Get excited about your faith again. Start living it. Start living hard for Jesus. He is alive. He is, he was, and he is to come. Get ready. And if you're not a believer today, if you're not someone who, who has given their life to follow Jesus to, the, to whom the, the resurrection is the centerpiece of your story. Then I'm going to ask you today to make that decision. Begin that journey. Um, I know it's kind of scary, but I'm just telling you, it changes everything for the better. And on your seat, there's a card. If you can't see it, it's because you're sitting on it, all right? And I'm going to ask everybody to take that card right now. Everybody, everybody, everybody here and fill, fill out that card. At the top, it's just the normal stuff that you'd expect, like your name. And I, I know that you're going to get that right. But Pastor Ben and the worship team, they're going to play for here just a minute. They're going to give you some time to fill out that card. But there's, there's a couple of questions after that that are just key. And I'm going to ask you today to, to make a decision, if you're willing, to not be indifferent to the story, to respond to the passion with passion. The first decision is, you'll see it right there, if you're not a believer, that today you would choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for life. If you'll check that box, we would be delighted to have a conversation with you that will not be pushy afterwards. Um, we'll be delighted to meet with you afterwards here on your worship folder. There's a way to do that. We, we will walk through, but we, we cannot supply the desire. You have to make that choice. There's a second question just a couple boxes below that that is not intended to be arrogant or offensive or anything else. It's just, it's just kind of 
an honesty question, and that box says, I choose not to accept Jesus as my Savior. And I choose to face life and death on my own. And it's my prayer that nobody would check that box. But the truth is, it may best reflect where you honestly are in your journey. And I pray today that you would dare to believe that in the miracle of God's love that everything can change with, with your response to the gift of the resurrection. Eternity is in your hands. Hope is in your hands. The future is in your hands as to what you and I will do with this Jesus story. Will you make your decision? And will you dare to believe that Easter, it's real. It's really true. Thank you for listening to the Church at Severn Run online. Join us weekly at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland on Sundays at 930 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1230 p.m.